the Lou and Matt podcast. Welcome to Freedom Week part, what, six? <laughs> yes, I don't know. Is it yeah, at least, or seven, I don't know. <laughs> well, there's been six uh, lockdowns yeah. in Victoria. Now, yeah. some of those weren't necessarily in regional because they no. had the lockdowns just in Melbourne. Melbourne there's yeah. been a lot. Uh, there's be been 6,000 rule changes. Oh, my God. Okay, give or take one or two. Crazy. No, yeah. add more. Um, no, it's been pretty crazy. But right now, today, we've got much to celebrate on a Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this. This is Tuesday, which would be the 300. 66th day that we've been COVID free on the border Mm. and (laughs) Freedom Day on the Tuesday from lockdown and regional, but still got those 10 bloody reasons only to cross the border. Yeah. Um, And if you can understand them, go you. Oh, man. Because I've got to tell you, I have actually studied them on three separate occasions now um, since it was announced yesterday, Arvo, that it was going to happen. And I'm still confused about what constitute some of those reasons. And I'm sure I'm not alone, Matt. Absolutely. As we were saying with Bill Tilly, the member for Benambra, it's like a pea super out there. It's so grey, the area. It's a little bit grey. It's ridiculous, Mm. honestly. So uh, hopefully that'll be the next thing that that we get rewarded on for having 366 days um, free from COVID is the fact that we should be rewarded by being able to live as one community. Should we not? We should. Mo- we should be getting gold stars. Yes. We should be getting some kind of monument or something erected in um, on the border to say that how amazing we are when oh, it comes I to following the rules. I think they should at least give us a mention in um, in parliament. They, I think they should at least give us a mention in parliament both state and federally, that really? Albury-Wodonga, yes, and the surrounding border region, the bubble, if you will, um, had to put up with an inordinate amount of crap and were still amazing and, and got through 366 days. Yeah. Plus, because right. it'll be more. Agreed. I agree. I concur. All right. Yes. Well, there we go. We've got it over the line, so make it happen. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, All right. Let's kick off with something a little different, though. So now man, James Willett, local trap shooter and now two-time Olympian, has returned from Tokyo. He's currently in hotel quarantine, and he joins us. James, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Matt and Lee. So, James, um, you're in Darwin at the moment at Howard Springs. Um, have you got a bit of uh, bit of room to move in your uh, in your quarantine accommodations? Yeah, so the little uh, little self contained huts. Um, we've got a little balcony, and yeah, we can talk um, between us and the the rest of the shooting team, sort of, and the ones that are here. And uh, got a couple of boxes next door, so it's um, it's been good to be able to sit outside and talk and enjoy the. Uh, I don't, can't believe it's 35 degrees here today. Oh, it's man. Get out. <laughs> I, know, I can't it's believe crazy, it. Isn't it? So how <laughs> yeah. would you describe the experience? It obviously was the, the weirdest uh, Olympics pretty much of all time, but it was uh, it was actually wonderful, especially for Australia as a whole, um, probably the second um, the second greatest Olympics of all time. So, I mean, it, it was a fabulous experience to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was great to be part of the Australian team over there. I mean, the you know the vibe was always really positive. Um, each day you walk back in the village, you know we're getting more medals each and every day, so it was really nice. And um, yeah, really proud to be part of that experience. And um, yeah, I mean uh, it was it was just good. And and the, the Australian team done a really good job of the building. We had had some Aussie coffee down the bottom. Um, Brister making coffee and oh, nice. Um, yeah, we had had really nice food facilities and recovery facilities at the at the Oz building. Um, but yeah, I mean the Japanese pulled it off really well. I mean we always felt safe. 
um, a lot of a lot of people everywhere sort of supporting us and helping us through to get to events and through the airport processes and all that sort of stuff. Um, we just had to had to keep safe with masks on and and yep, uh, yep. keep washing hands and hand sanitising that sort of stuff. So we we um we all we all done that together and and um yeah I guess it, it proved to you know you know make the successful games um yep, yep. come come off so. All right. Now, in terms of your events, uh, both um, in, in the single events and also the teams with uh, Letitia Scanlon, um, what was that experience like and, and, uh, and, and your performance and everything? How, how do you feel about that, James? Yeah, I feel like I shot shot good. Um, definitely needed to shoot great over there. I mean, there was no no uh, shortage of world class scores at the range. Um, it was a temporary range, and they they done a oh. really good job of building it. So, um, I mean, the visibility was good. The weather conditions were pretty good. So, um, you just you just didn't have any room for error at all. So, um, I it was hit one point out of one. The yeah, scores were one, incredible, James. <laughs> I know I hit one twenty out of one twenty five, which is normally not too bad, but yeah, you needed one twenty two um out of one twenty five to, to make the cut of the final. Yeah. Um and then we shot we shot one forty five out of one fifty as a team, which oh. is you know, not normally too bad either. And then I mean one forty six, one forty seven was in the bronze medal match and one forty eight in the gold medal match, so um, you know, we shot one forty six to win the world championships, so the the scores were higher yeah. than that again. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Now, I mean, obviously, you know, as you said, you went over there, you did a, a great job, um, both individually and as a team. But do you feel that maybe um, the other shooters that you were shooting against had had more competition in the lead-up or was it literally just a matter of on the day, you know, whoever managed to hit the most kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I sort of knew what we were going, you know, we were going there to do and, and um, I felt like I performed well, but definitely the Europeans and the you know the shooters from the other countries have had the the competition like like we're used to. You know they've had World Cups and European yes. Championships and all that sort of stuff. So um, I, I guess yeah, under the circumstances, you know, we weren't all all offered the same opportunities. But um, but I, I come away knowing that I done the best I could and That's and um, prepared the best I could with the circumstances. So it's um, yeah, it's just just the way sport is. I guess sometimes it's not not completely fair. Yep. Well, um, you did us proud. Uh, it's it was fantastic to uh, to watch you, and we talked to your mum as well. We got her on, and she was so proud of you and uh, and everyone on the border east. James Willett, uh, trap shooter, two times Olympian now. Thanks for the chat, mate. Um, have a good seven days, and then pop back to the border, and we'll chat to you then. Yep. No, sounds good. Thank thanks everyone for the support. And it's census night tonight, but I've got some bad news. I'm afraid. Uh oh, what? Despite more than 70,000 people um, putting on the census that they are, in fact, Jedi Knights, or at least part of the Jedi Order, yeah. the religion, if you will, um, they're not going to accept it. They're not going to accept it as a religion. What whatever happened to freedom of religion? I know, I know, Lou. No Jedis, I'm afraid, so got to. Nah. Oh, our boss is going to be peeved. He's got a lot of lightsabers. And he actually is a, a genuine He's Jedi. A ge- he yeah. is. Yeah. I agree. Once you've bought three or four uh, lightsabers, those expensive ones. That's it. Anyway, it is census <laughs> night tonight. You've got to do it, of course. You can do it online or you can do the old-fashioned paper one. The last time we had a census was 2016. How much has your life changed in five years? Now, Lou, um, what's the biggest change in your life from five uh, years ago, 2016, on census oh. night when you filled it in? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, oh, oh, I've become a crazy cat lady. It's the cats, Lou. There's no question about it. <laughs> I, I had no cats and now I've got four cats. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the cats. I've yeah, been okay. around you for the past yeah. five years. All right, Lou. it's the cats. What about you? <laughs> 
Well, I moved out of my crack den. That's true. Uh, I was there for a long time. East Albury crack den. <laughs> I was oh. there for a long, long good time. Good times. Like, it was good uh, now times I'm in a there. Swish, nice. Had a brick place. thrown at you. You had a whole. Yeah. He- there was a cockroach infestation. I oh, remember all of terrible. that fun stuff. I'll never forget that guy coming out. The pest controller guy said it's the worst thing he's ever seen in eighty years. That he was wasn't your 90. unit in your defence. It was the unit next door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we need to we need we need to clarify. Yeah. Cool. Mine was all done up. It was it wasn't as bad. My unit It was a but, cute little unit, but, yeah. but anyway. look, it was time to move on. So <laughs> anyway. you're now you're now living in a in a nice swish place. Yeah. And met my lovely um partner Riley. Well, that's as well. True. well, not met her, but but uh, started going out with her. So that's a big change. And now life. you're living with her. So that's a yeah. huge change. Yeah. Lots of changes. One triple three. Five three. What's the biggest change in your life since the last census in 2016? Was it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it in between? Who knows? One triple three five three. We'd love to find out because it's a momentous night. Only it happens is. once every five years. It does, and and we all have to do it. So let's let's find out what what's the biggest thing that's changed since the last census for you. Um, one triple three five three. a good mate of the show, Sam, has uh, given us a call. Sam, you've added uh, some kids to the household since the last census. Oh, we, we, we did it. We did two in one lot. We had twins, so. Oh, two in one go. Nice. Yeah, two in one go, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And how are you finding the experience of uh, raising two? I've always wondered this, actually, with the twins and even worse triplets and stuff. What's it like, Sam? Oh, every, everyone says it would be hard, but I think it, it, you just do everything at the same time, basically. Yeah, I suppose, <laughs> as long as they comply. What if one's sleeping and one's awake and oh. all that sort of stuff? Sam? Oh, you 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 got to put them in line. you got to put them in line, you know. You start start the drill. <laughs> early. <laughs> drill sergeant early. Yeah. <laughs> you're running it like, nah. a, like you're in the military. I love that, Sam. <laughs> well, you've been very busy in this census. Do you expect to add a few more in this next census period after this one. Like I said, two is enough. Yep. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> we'll see how uh, we go, no. Seb. We'll see how we go. That's it. But no, Twins is uh, busy enough, so um, we're uh, we're happy with this at the moment. Solid census period, yeah, Luke. agreed. Bring two new souls yeah. into the world. Some good work. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> no dramas. Josh from Wodonga, what's the biggest change in your life since the last census in 2016? All right, I had a kid. Oh, you had a kid. There we go. Another kid situation. Ah, there you go. When was a boy or a girl? A girl in uh, 2017. Okay. So (laughs) she's coming up four years old. No, she's four now. Oh, she is. Okay, so she's four. So positive change. Are we embracing (laughs) the change, Josh? Nah, negative. Depends on the day. Yeah. (laughs) Well said. I hear you. I've got kids. I know exactly what you're saying. Josh, thanks for sharing. Have a good one. Now, uh, we put the question up on our Facebook page last night, Triple M, The Border. Um, What's the biggest change in your life since the last census night in 2016? We've got some really interesting ones here. Christopher said he survived prostate cancer three and a half years ago. Oh, wow. And that deserves a massive round of applause. So far, so good. Massive changes in my life from that op. Um, Christopher, our thoughts uh, go with you, mate. Well well done. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark said, both our children finding successful careers and doing what they love. It's a nice buzz since the last census period, Lou, in 2016. Yeah, I can absolutely hear what Christopher's saying because you do. You That's the thing you worry about in your life when you're a parent is ha- how your kids are going to get along. And, yeah, it's a pretty good feeling. Fiona's, uh, oh, she's become an empty nester. 
Oh, Fiona, congratulations. <laughs> uh, do you reckon that's that good or bad? Yeah, I reckon it does. I reckon it would be pretty good. <laughs> might take a bit of getting used to, but I reckon I could uh, I could learn to live with it. And Nick <laughs> has uh, bought, bought his own house. Oh, nice. Yeah, buy my own house, says Nick. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's tremendous. Well, well done congr- to uh, to everybody for a solid census period, Lou. Five years. Tonight solid. is it's time to fill it in again. We'll find out the demographics of the border, which will be very interesting because we hear a lot about people from the city moving here. So we're about to find out just yes. how many. <laughs> so true. I yeah. haven't even thought about that aspect of it. And, I mean, obviously, you know, on the serious side of the census, it is to make sure that they can provide the right infrastructure for the area, for the amount of people, yeah, base and everything on the it. demographics and yeah. all that stuff. So, That's yeah. right. Fill it in tonight, census night. Sometimes in life, the gods smile upon you, my friends. You got that right. My gangling! TV Talk with Steve Mulk. Our man in the no, Mulky oh. from TV Black Box and TV Binge Box. Good morning. Good morning. You have no idea how much I want that Seinfeld Lego set, honestly. <laughs> So much. <laughs> Don't bring up Lego, Luke. It's very angry when you know how oh, I feel about Lego. Um, have you seen the Seinfeld Lego though, Luke? It's amazing. It's the it's whole really room great. that they shot Seinfeld in in Lego. As a set. Oh, she's rolling her eyes. Sorry, I just yawned. She's bloody rolling oh. her eyes. You are. Um, all right, now. <laughs> Uncaring, unfeeling. That's what that is. See, what this was was a bit of drama, and that's because yes. everything at the moment has to be drama mm. to wit. Here is a little bit of last night's first episode of The Block where Scott Camp promised just that. A cul-de-sac. Just about to walk out. We'll crack and spill out more drama. Bit of a cheating scandal than a soap opera. I just feel so confused. I've heard a few no. bad rumours, actually. There's drama everywhere, Steve oh. Mulk. Please. Who would have thought that they would be promoting the very first episode of what is a 1,000-episode season, <laughs> that there's going to be a lot of drama? A bit of drama, you reckon? There's going to be some drama. Look, I've been fortunate enough to see the first five episodes, so including Sunday night's room reveal. Mm. Uh, and let me tell you, the drama that they talk about last night is just a tippity-top of the drama that so, is to come. Some of it obviously is confected, right? Yeah. It's made up to just be, oh, this sounds like it's going to be dramatic. No, it's not dramatic. Yeah. But some of it, like, gets real. I mean, it's, it's, so they're getting snarky. The that, they're getting snarky well, at each other. When you acknowledge that, you know, the, the people who are renovating these houses could walk away with more than a million dollars each given last year's yeah, auction outcomes. Yeah, true. Mate, they want to do the very best, and if that means that they you know, want to do something and someone else is cheating off them or whatever, yeah. then there's going to be all sorts of stuff. Yeah, they're there to bought. make money, not friends. That's right. Mate, this is business, <laughs> not whatever the other thing is. But they've brought back two couples, obviously, specifically to bring the drama. But when, when have we mm. had a, enough of drama? Because this show is so different from what it was 10 years ago. But have we reached peak drama, Mulkey? Dare I say, 17 seasons ago. This is the 17th season of The Block. Um, when the handsome Jamie Jury was at the helm. You know, Scott Cam has been involved with 16 of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, he came in as the builder the on the second yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, it, it's it's pretty a phenomenal franchise for nine, and we'll do, I think, huge business. The really interesting thing will be the ratings this morning to see how it went up against The Voice, but the bigger question will uh, be how the do voice. they both go tonight? Yes, mm. well, The Voice is chair spinning. Now, I didn't watch any of The mm. Voice, but undoubtedly, mm, what's that word again? Drama. Drama. <laughs> There'll be drama. Uh, so what, what, what do we think of uh, The Voice and the new mix of 
of judges. Who is judging? Because Delta's gone now. Yes, gosh. What do we do without Delta? Look, Rita Ora has been imported. Jessica Mowboy is in a chair. Keith Urban mm-hmm. escaped COVID and he's now a judge. Nice. Yes, and like Guy Keith. Sebastian fills out the four. Um, look, the first episode, it, it's exactly what you know is going to come from the voice. They sit there, somebody comes out, they sing really well, everybody presses a button and ums and ahs, and then, oh, you're so amazing. Ooh, yay. <laughs> okay. Wow. So it's predictable. Okay, moving on very quickly, Mulkey. Yes. Um, I've seen the ads for it. I love Andy Lee. What is the 100? Who really knows? I'm oh, not even sure Andy Lee Great. Okay. Fab. Imagine this, right? Andy Lee in yep. a studio with probably three, I think it's three or four comedians or, yep. or people that have got opinions on things, and then uh, a magical Zoom wall of 100, like you and me's, normal people. And and the ah. whole premise is that they ask them a question, what do you, you know, um, do you uh, go to church? And they, yep. you know, basically it's confusing, come up with, Mulkey. It's very confusing and it's meant to be funny. And I think it'll do okay. All right. Steve Malk. He needs a win. Um, He needs a win. Steve Malk, thanks for bringing the drama. Now go and enjoy your Seinfeld Lego set. This is a cul-de-sac of crap. (laughs) (laughs) And the pandemic has obviously turned our lives upside down and that takes its toll in so many ways, like mental health and, of course, financially as well now. One man who's been at the forefront of helping our community for decades is the one and only Father Peter McLeod Miller from St Matthew's Church in Albury. And we thought we'd touch base with him to find out what it's been like for him over the past 18 months. Father Peter, good morning. Good morning, good morning. (laughs) Now, Father Peter, we know that you're an incredibly positive person and that's one of the things we love most about you. But I'm guessing that you've seen um, a lot of sadness and, and... worry over the last 18 months. What has been the biggest concern in our community that's been caused by the pandemic? I think it's uncertainty, you know, and you know, one, people have got their lives all worked out and suddenly, you know, the, the ass drops out of it. And I think that um, then, then they find themselves having to having to wonder what they're going to be doing next and really there are no tracks to run on and because so much has been changing and so many things have been closed uh, that you can knock on a million doors and it'll all be closed to you. And I think that's amazingly frustrating. And um, and I think people people's mental health and has been really impacted on that. I think yeah, I think it's dragged. I think it's dragged everyone down. And as you go around, yeah, you know, people feel just really down about <laughs> about most things. That I think uh, when I go around to to oh, even like young people and also older people. It's just heartbreaking when you go to aged care facilities because they've really been locked yes. up and locked down and, yeah, and you know... Deprived oh, just, of human contact, basically, of their well, loved absolutely. ones. Yeah. yeah, well, the amazing thing is, and people may, many people may not realise this, that when... Um, now, you go to an aged care facility and if it's on two floors, well, one floor can't talk to the other floor. Yeah, it's you know. And imagine if you're an older person and you, you can't hear that well and everyone comes to you in a mask. Um, that's pretty tough. Yeah, and So you definitely. can't work out what's going on. Um, and also older people, one thing that really made me realise is that um, older people um, don't have access to the technology that could make their lives better. And one of the things that um, I just I just go around and thank, thank God for the telephone, the internet and all those other things we take granted for, but um, older people, you know, they've got them, you know, we, they should have access and they don't. And so they end up really isolated. And, yeah. And, Older people are just us who got a bit older, you know. So, yeah, that's like, true. Are, are we doing enough to help struggling people oh, on the border, Father no. Peter? Oh, 
Look, look, I think there are some things that we need to take a new hard look at. And, and look, there are some good things about this. There really are. Like I noticed for, um, say, emergency accommodation, I, we used to get a whole lot of homeless people all the time, right? Um, and they used to be hanging around like refugees and nowhere to park yeah. their themselves. But, you know, the government has done some terrific things. There are one, some good things that work. Once homelessness became a public health issue, um, then uh, then they did manage to find a place for homeless people. So putting people up in motels was a really great idea. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and also changing the criteria. Like we used to, in the old days, we used to meet so many people who just didn't fit the paperwork, you know, or they've already done their chance, they've already had another yes, go. Yes. They came, you know, they came from another state. If you come from another state, then they would not help you. You know, if you were registered and you didn't have the right paper, if you yeah, registered, yep. say, resident in, in across the border, they would not help you here. Well, well you know, that's all changed. It's all really right. terrific. Father Peter, wonderful talking to you. Um, I knew you'd have some positives mixed with <laughs> with with, uh, the, with the slight negatives, obviously, as well. Father Peter <laughs> McLeod-Miller from uh, St Matthew's Church in Albury, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you oh. again soon. Pleasure. Good luck on the census. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And thanks for everything that you do, Father Peter. Have a lovely day. Um, from North Albury netballer to Olympian. Mm. So Saturday morning, Ellie Pashley uh, was in the marathon and she played for North Albury. She grew up here on the border. She crossed the line 23rd in a time of 2 hours, 33 minutes and 39 seconds. As all three Aussies in the race finished inside the top 40, 30 for the first time. And uh, with us on the line is a colleague of ours, Maddie, who happens to play netball for North Albury, and she's been part of the club for a long time, and I'm sure she really enjoyed it. Maddie, good morning. Morning. So, Maddie, um, obviously pretty exciting to know somebody that's in, um, you know, that's competing in the Olympic Games, but to know someone that's doing the marathon is just amazing. So tell us how you and uh, your teammates at North Albury celebrated. Um, well, we went to the sports club and we um, got there nice nice and early because they pushed the uh, run forward an hour. Um, we dressed up the sports club in streamers and banners and set up a breakfast and got coffees for everyone and just cheered her on at the club. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, fabulous. And she left about 10 years ago. So, I mean, you're, you're fairly young, so you wouldn't have played with her. But you, you told me off air that you were always in and around the club from a young age, so you knew her very well. Yeah, so she, her and her sisters always used to look after me at netball because mum would always be playing. Yeah, right. So, you, so you've so you got a real connection. Um, yeah. Exciting for everyone, especially at the moment, because you haven't been able to play as a team for weeks. No, that's right. And we were sort of secretly glad we didn't have to play because we would have missed her race <laughs> yeah, true. if we had to. Yep. So it was sort of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Did she ever talk about um, wanting to get involved in athletics? I mean, netball to marathon running is very different disciplines, Maddie. Uh, well, she um, used to run about 20Ks before she'd play netball Okay. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And when she was a uni student, she wanted to make some extra money, so she just did fun runs to make some extra money, and I think it just flowed on from there. Yeah, obviously she showed a great talent for it. So yeah. pretty amazing. She really did uh, Australia and the border proud um, right. in the marathon. So thanks for sharing that lovely experience with us, Maddie. Have an awesome no day. No worries. You too.
Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? All the um, Olympians who had any connection to the border, they all did as proud, whether yeah. it was James Willard, who still lives here. Of course, the great Andrew Hoy that yep. we've talked to about many, many times and his eighth Olympiad. Yep. I mean, it's just fantastic. The Lou and Matt Podcast. Well, that's it for the first Lou and Matt Podcast for this week. Yeah, it'll be back on Friday. And don't forget, you can hear us weekday mornings on 105.7 Triple M from 6. Have a good one.